This week's episode of Put Your Hands Together is sponsored by the Harold Ramis Film School in my hometown of Chicago, Illinois. Do you want to study at the world's only film school dedicated entirely to comedy? Well, the Harold Ramis Film School at the Second City in Chicago is looking for the next group of filmmakers to join their extraordinary year-long program. Gain hands-on experience with comedic screenwriting, theory, film production, even improv. Attend master seminars with A-list comedic filmmakers. All experience levels and backgrounds are welcome to apply. Visit HaroldRamisFilmSchool.com or call 312-664-3959 for more information. Enjoy the show. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Put your What's up, everybody? Thanks for coming out to the UCD. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Please put your hands together for your host. I'm shaking hands with everyone. Shaking hands. There's a row right there and a row over there, but I don't have enough time. Hello! <laughs> it's just me tonight. Give it up for Cameron Esposito, who's not here. Cool. She's in Chicago workshopping some very specific material that's wonderful and tremendous. Um, and so she's there locking herself out of her own bathroom in an Airbnb and she sent me a text that was like, I'm locked out of the bathroom and I said, send me a photo of the door handle now. <laughs> I was like, you need an Allen wrench and some patience. <laughs> I always know those answers. For those of you that don't know what the hell I'm talking about, <laughs> Cameron Esposito is my wife and my co-host and she's not here. I am Rhea Butcher, the other co-host and I am co-hosting by myself. <laughs> And uh, I am wearing this bomber jacket because I'm flying solo. <laughs> Shout out to Rojo Perez for helping me write that joke. He was like, you flying solo tonight? And I was like, yep, that's why I'm wearing this bomber jacket. That's the same joke, just one more time. <laughs> that was like the Netflix documentary of that joke. Not as funny. I watched the cult thing. No one else watched the cult thing on Netflix. I definitely have been very stressed out the past couple days because I'm home alone and I, ha I and uh, like my parents are gone. No one can find them. They're stuck in France. Man, are all of you just like 18 years old? <laughs> I know I'm like a cusp millennial, but oh my god, I feel very old. <laughs> I'm like home alone. What the hell are you talking about? I'll give you an elf reference, and we're back in business. <sighs> Home alone, and I have to take care of the dog, and then also the house, which is a lot for one person. The house has a lot of needs. The house doesn't have any needs, but I feel like I'm in my house going, what do I need to do for my house? And then I neglect the things I really need to do, and I have things I need to do to try to, like, work in this town, I guess. I don't know. It's also funny to be wearing this bomber jacket. It makes a lot of noise. Because <laughs> I make a lot of arm gestures. It's just reminding me, put your arms down. <laughs> I'm rapping. <laughs> Sorry. I didn't want to get to the Netflix documentary right away, so I'm going to kick it down the road even though I started talking about it. 
because I, I had a friend that had to uh, needed a place to stay for a couple nights the past couple nights, and so that's been fun because it's like having a roommate, and I haven't had roommates in a long, long time. I've told you all a lot about the one time I had roommates, and it didn't work out very well because one of them had ghost quails in the apartment. You're like, what the hell is that? And I'm like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> they had two quails in my house, and then I was like, I'm not having roommates ever again. <laughs> I don't want to live with quails. <laughs> this is not very Doug funny to me. I can't believe that did better than Home Alone. Like, I really kind of can't believe it. But it's been good having this, like, brief three days or, like, 48 hours of... That's two days, but whatever. Of three to 48 hours of... <laughs> of a roommate because it's like a fun reminder and also I don't have to be in my house alone and uh, but then it like reared its ugly head because we were hanging out and I was just like hanging out and then something happened I can't believe I'm going to tell all of you this and it's going to be on the podcast because it's up top like right away so I'm just like burying my soul we were hanging out doing our own things in the same room together like human beings like adult human beings not talking but just living together it was like a sitcom of silence <laughs> we're hanging out and i'm like laying there like relaxing and then i'm like well i should get up and start getting ready and as i got up a bunch of air came out of my body <laughs> and then i did what every single human being that that happens to does which is i went Oop! <laughs> and then my friend went ah, ah. <laughs> Which was our just tacit agreement to not speak of it whatsoever. We were 12 feet away from each other. She absolutely heard it. There's no way she did it. I'm also being very careful to say air came out of me. I'm not telling you where. You get to decide. So I was just playing toot with friends, which was fun. I um, have been having just some really great Lyft rides lately. Just some great, talkative Lyft drivers. It makes me feel good. You all know how much I love to talk to Lyft drivers, and if you don't, I love to talk to Lyft drivers. I don't know what's wrong with people. If you have social anxiety, I'm not talking to you, but all the rest of you, I do not know what's wrong with you if you get into a Lyft ride, and then the Lyft driver starts talking to you, like, ugh, how's my day going? What is this, Trader Joe's? <laughs> Mush peasant, take me away! Got shit to do. Like, five years ago, everybody was like, I'm going to be murdered by Craigslist. And now we're just like, oh, somebody else's car? Sure, I'll get in that. <laughs> yeah, I'll pay you for it, too. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> but you can't talk to that person, because, oh my god, it would be the worst to engage in talking to another human being. I talked to a person the other night. It was a great conversation on the way to a Beth Ditto concert, which was wonderful. I'm very old, so I just used the word concert. Sorry. <laughs> that feels like a marker of time when you're like, yeah, I went to a concert. Did y'all go to that concert, that Amy Grant concert? That was my first concert was Amy Grant. Heart in Motion Tour. Oh, yeah. Crushed Velvet all over the place. 
Joke doesn't work for everybody, but the people it does work for, it really works for them. <laughs> Did not know that shit was Christian. Oh, you're singing about Jesus? Whoops. But yes, I went to that show and it was a really great show and I had a great lift ride on the way and we were just talking about like living in Los Angeles, moving here and then he was talking about his roommate and he was like, my roommate's in a long distance relationship and like she makes it work, you know, whatever. Like they talk all the time and like have Skype sex and stuff and I was like, wait, what? He was like, yeah, they have Skype sex. I was like, oh, that's hilarious. And he was like, kind of offended and I was like, no, 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 no. It's not hilarious that they have Skype sex. It's hilarious that I didn't realize that it was a thing. That I am so old that I'm like, what? Oh, holy shit. Of course you have Skype sex. I was unaware of this. I've been living on an island of oldness for 20 years. I'm feeling very old. Everyone else thinks I'm a child, but inside I feel like a crone. I've gotten, like, I've tried to do some auditions. Sorry about talking about Hollywood stuff, but I tried to do some auditions. One audition I got was for, like, Millennial. And then the next one I got, well, they're like, I think this is really perfect for them. They're, it's right up their alley. We wrote this kind of for them. And I was like, I don't know if I should do this. And I read it, and the character breakdown was like, character name, 45. <laughs> I am 35 years old. There's a vast difference between 35 and 45. <sighs> Anyway, I thought I could think of what the punchline to the difference would be, and I think the fact that I can't think of the punchline means I might be 45. (laughs) Not that there's anything wrong with 45, I'm just not 45. (laughs) I'll I'll just end on talking about baseball, which is essentially (laughs) what my life is. I'm just going to end on talking about baseball. It's opening week. Very excited about that. Is anybody going to any games? Nope. (laughs) Relatable content is what you come to this show for. A documentary that three people have watched. It was five, now two of them have been like, nope, I didn't watch that one. (laughs) Nope, that's not what I watched. (laughs) I don't know, we have a bunch of great comics on this show, so I feel like I should just throw it to them. What do you think? on a laugh but mm, nope not tonight just silence and then my dad's at home going like mm-hmm, I was right <laughs> that's relatable content I don't have daddy issues I have a father problem very different there we go there we go Now we can start a comedy show. It just took me a minute to get there. It's difficult when you usually have somebody to work off of and then you're like, oh, I'm just wearing their loud jacket. I don't know what to say now. Okay, let's get this show going. Our first comic, I love this guy. He's in town from Chicago. Just the funniest. Please give a warm welcome to Tommy McNamara, everybody. Give it up for Rhea, everybody, huh? She's the best. I love her. Excited to be here. This is awesome. I, uh, I turned 27 this year. I know I don't look a day over second marriage. I, uh, I saw that movie, It, last year. I don't know if you guys saw It. When I saw that movie, the scariest part for me was when I realized that that clown and I 
have the same hairline. I was like, oh, he does the up and out too. That's a bummer. Uh, didn't expect this. I looked up the actor who plays Pennywise the Clown, like a super handsome 25-year-old Swedish kid, beautiful head of hair. I was like, oh, he only looks like me when he wants to terrify children. <laughs> That's nice. That's comforting. I hate that when, like, handsome actors play guys with bad hairlines. I don't think it's fair. People are always like, oh, Johnny Depp for Black Mass. He spent eight hours in the makeup chair. See, I could have done that off the street. What are you talking about? This is ridiculous. My girlfriend said to me that trying Rogaine couldn't hurt. I was like, if we're not counting feelings, then yes. You're right. It's like, you think I, want, you think I wanted a Peyton Manning forehead? in a Papa John's body. I didn't ask for it. I didn't vote for it, and if elected, I will change it. I, uh, I've had a good year, though. I've gotten really into edibles this year. Anyone in that game? Uh, the rest of you guys are cops, okay. I love edibles. The only problem I have with that, it's all kids' food, you know? It's all like weed gummy bears, weed brownies, weed lollipops. You know, I'm a grown man. You know? It's like, where can I get a weed cob salad? That's what I want, huh? Trying to lose weight. I've been, uh, I've been using a weight loss app. Is anyone else here a bitch? I, uh, you know, I, I use this weight loss. It doesn't tell me what to eat, you know? I, I tell it what I ate, and it tells me to feel bad about it. That's kind of the whole relationship we have. You can put exercises into the weight loss app I use. One of the exercises you can put in is sexual activity, but the minimum amount of time you can put in is 30 minutes okay? <laughs> I know this app was designed for Casanovas. <laughs> Call me when you make one for the working man. <laughs> I'm the working man. I, uh, <laughs> my friend asked me if my parents gave me a sex talk when I was a kid. I was like a short, chubby kid with braces, you know? I feel like the better question is, could my parents have given me a sex talk with a straight face, you know? <laughs> She's like, hey, Tommy, why don't you pause that episode of Buffy? Uh, you gotta learn about pulling out. It's like, I didn't, I didn't need the information, you know? I wasn't gonna need it for a long time. I never had sex when I was younger. I lied to my doctor about it. When I was like 16, I had my physical, and my doctor was like, so Tommy, are you sexually active? And I was like, yeah. Which is a weird lie to tell. Especially to a doctor, you know? Like, what was I gonna gain from that? Like, as if he was gonna text my buddies about it? He's like, yo, your boy is a savage. <laughs> well, thank you, Dr. O'Brien. You didn't have to go that far. I never had sex in high school. I used to carry a condom in my wallet sometimes, which I think is the high school equivalent of being a doomsday prepper, you know? <laughs> like, everyone else knows there's no chance it's gonna happen, but you're like, it could. <laughs> The most embarrassing, one of the most embarrassing things that happened, I actually fainted uh, during sex ed. That's a real story in high school. The teacher said an erection happens when blood fills the penis, and I couldn't handle that sentence. <laughs> I don't even like saying it now, if I'm being perfectly honest. Uh, when I heard it as a young man, I fell to the ground like a 19th century Victorian woman. It did wonders for me socially. That was a big year. That wasn't even the most embarrassing thing that happened. In high school, the most embarrassing thing that happened, this is true, uh, my dad walked in on me masturbating. Did that happen to you guys? Did my dad walk in on you guys? He used to go from town to town. 
He's a very sick man. He's a good guy. Uh, it did happen, though. I will say, in my defense, I thought nobody was home, and he didn't even knock on the door before he came in, right? And in his defense, I was in my parents' bedroom, <laughs> which is true. It was where the only computer in the house was. What was I supposed to do? Use my imagination? I'm not in prison. This isn't... I don't know. I will say, here's what happened. He walked in, uh, didn't say a word. We've never talked about it. Uh, he's seen me do this joke. We still haven't talked about it. And uh, he walked in, saw what was going on, then just like turned his back to me. And then like to break the silence, he just started whistling. <laughs> like, nothing to see here. And, uh, so I never got a sex talk. I did get a masturbation whistle, uh, which is just as good. You can buy it at Spencer's Gifts for $12.99. I'm happy. I had, a tough, I had a tough year last year. I had a tough year financially last year. I got uh, my, my debit card stolen online. I don't know if that's happened to you guys. It's like, I want to tell these internet thieves they're messing with the wrong guy, you know? Because I don't have enough money to not notice, you know? <laughs> like, my bank called me, and they were like, Tom, did you spend $120 on? I was like, let me stop you right there. <laughs> I have never gone triple digits. <laughs> I have no idea what I would even spend that much money on. I had this like very old school thought when it happened. I was like, you know what? At least in the old days, if someone robbed you, they had to look you in the eye. And then like a week later, I got mugged. And I was like, no, no, internet is better. <laughs> we should keep doing it that way from now on. I, did, I got mugged, I was coming home one night, this guy in Brooklyn, this guy punched me in the face, grabbed my phone and ran away, which was a bummer, because I was hoping nobody would do that. Uh, he did. It was crazy because it was the night of like the Mayweather McGregor boxing match. So I like planned my night around a pay per view to watch guys punch each other in the face, and then on the way home just got it for free in 3D. <laughs> because it happened that night, I kept picturing that boxing announcer like announcing my mugging, you know, just being like, "And in this corner, weighing in at somewhere around 190 pounds, he hopes it's not 200, but he's afraid to check." <laughs> The Irish victim. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't say anything cool when I got mugged. I wish I said something cool. You know, like when it came up, I was like, please, sir, I have a family to be supported by. Or something like that, you know. <laughs> or if like when he took my phone and started to run, I was like, looks like he switched to Sprint. Or something like that, you know. I don't know. I had to spend a full week without a phone. I don't know if you guys have, by the end of it, I was like Ebenezer Scrooge, just like grabbing boys. Like, what day is it? I have no idea what's going on. When you get your phone stolen, people say this. They go, you know, it's actually better to get your phone stolen than your wallet stolen. And those people have never tried to watch porn on a wallet. <laughs> you can't do it. You guys have been great. I'm Tony McNamara. Thank you very much. Hey, PYHT listeners, this week's episode is sponsored by Tomboy X. Oh, yes, that's right. Tomboy X, the undie brand that Rhea and I both wear. It's undies that are made to uh, fit you, but also how you see yourself. Tomboy X has everything from bikinis, briefs, boxer briefs, trunks and boy shorts to soft bras and racer back bras, all in everyday basic colors or fun seasonal prints. They've got options from extra small to 4X. So regardless of where you fall on the size or gender spectrum, Tomboy X has amazing underwear that anybody can feel comfortable in. 
Go to tomboyx.com slash hands together. Check out their special bundles and the pack pricing. They get they made these like nice little packs, more than one undie. Put your hands together listeners can also get an extra 15% off with the code hands together. So you go to tomboyx.com slash hands together. You put the code hands together in for an extra 15% off. Ditch whatever you're wearing for a pair of Tomboy X underwear. I forgot to mention this one thing that, uh, so Cameron's been gone for a couple days. She was gone for the whole weekend. And so I've been alone all weekend. And uh, I have just been sleeping in the house. Obviously, I didn't go outside to sleep because my wife isn't home. It'd be funny if I was like, well, got to camp. <laughs> we made a promise to never sleep with anyone else. And so I can't just sleep by myself. Because I would be with someone else, which is me. <laughs> and I was having trouble sleeping because it is not unlike hosting a show where you host a show with somebody all the time and then they're gone. You're like, what? How do I? Where do I put my arm? I don't know. And so I was trying to sleep and it was very difficult and I have a lot of sleep problems, but they've been very good lately because I stopped drinking coffee after 10 a.m. and it's been very helpful. I highly recommend it. But it's also very difficult if you stay out late at night. It's just a double-edged sword of coffee. And so then Cameron left and I've been trying to get sleep. And then the one night I was trying to fall asleep, tossing and turning. And then I finally did fall asleep. And then the next morning I went into the bathroom and there was a decorative pillow from my bed, my pants, underwear and shirt that I had worn the night before, which I did not take off in my bathroom. I carried those items from my bedroom into my bathroom and laid them in front of the toilet as though they were gifts to Jesus Christ on his birthday, which was probably not December 25th. And I just left them there like frankincense and myrrh, only for me to go back in the morning to say, what the fuck did I do last night? And I am sober. I am like, I don't drink at all. And then I just wake up to like a pillow surrounding this whole thing. And then I was like Angela Lansbury, like trying to reconstruct, like, why would I do this? Why would my brain do this to me? What, what is my brain trying to tell me? And then I realized like, oh, I thought Cameron was there. And then I maybe needed to sleep somewhere else because I don't know, was I a mean person? Did I do something wrong in my life ever? And then that got in my brain, decided for me to walk around, and I was like, oh, I should take my clothes for the next morning, and then put them by the toilet. <laughs> my whole point is, don't ever trust yourself when making decisions. Because your brain doesn't know what the hell it's doing. Ever. And stop drinking coffee after 10 a.m. <laughs> okay, well, that was worth it. Um... <laughs> We're gonna keep the show going. This next comic is the first time on the show. And so every time it's somebody's first time on the show, we love to give them a big warm welcome. So you should start doing that right now. For this comic that's very funny, hosts a show right here called Date Night. Give it up for Dan Black. <laughs> All right. Sick. What's up? You guys like Adele? It's a question. No? Okay. I like Adele. I just feel like she gets away with like some of the worst lyrics because she has like the most beautiful voice in the world. You know, she has that like, hello, it's me. It's just, hello, it's me. 
You know what I mean? Like, just sounds like my Jewish mother calling me. She's like, hello, it's me. As a matter of fact, all Adele lyrics just sound like my Jew mom calling me. It's like, Daniel, I can't talk right now. I'm rolling in the deep. I'm from New York. No. But I live here in Los Angeles now, which is weird, because people here are actually relaxed. In New York, people just pretend to be relaxed. You know, like they say things that an actual relaxed person would never announce. You know, I'm relaxed, I got my book, I got the sun. <laughs> the only way you can respond to that is, yo, relax. Another thing about LA is that like people here, they're like very impressed with themselves, right? Like the other day I was at the dog park and this random guy was just like, uh, hey man, you from New York? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can hear it. I was like, yeah, of course I'm from New York, okay? I sound like fucking Andrew Dice Clay's plumber. I'm not from some small African village where you isolated a unique dialect. <laughs> this is the bathroom. We live in weird times right now. I support the Time's Up movement. I do, no joke there. And I'll tell you why. Because these sexual predators, I don't understand their behavior at all. Like, they don't want consent from women. To me, the hottest thing about a woman is consent. You actually want to do this? <laughs> this is unfucking believable. <laughs> With me? I mean, you know what this is, right? I mean, I get fucking rock hard just for consent. <laughs> I still remember the first time a girl voluntarily got on her own knees to give me oral sex. I got so nervous, I was like, uh, you don't have to. <laughs> and she was like, I want to. Double consent, hottest moment of my life. I finished before it even happened. I don't understand any, any of these guys' behavior, right? Like catcalling, I don't get that. Nothing about my life experience has indicated that be an effective strategy. <laughs> you know, like I've taken girls out to full three course meals at expensive restaurants that I can't afford and they want nothing to do with me. And you're just gonna yell at them as they walk by you? <laughs> right, you're just gonna tell a girl to smile? I've legitimately made women smile and they fucked my best friend. <laughs> women are complicated. So if catcalling it doesn't work, then why does it exist? And I think it's the movies. There are too many movies out there of unfit men actually getting the girl. You know? Like take one of the highest grossing films of all time, Titanic. <laughs> this movie tells these catcalling guys that anything is possible.
Billy Zane should get Kate Winslet in that movie. <laughs> Billy Zane took Kate Winslet on a once-in-a-lifetime adventure on the greatest boat in the history of time. And she banged some loser in the cargo bay. Zane <laughs> bought Kate Winslet a necklace people are looking for almost a century later. And Leo took her on the most low-budget fucking Fugazi flight simulation. Somehow in this movie, Billy Zane is the bad guy for getting a little worked up. You get worked up too if some worthless asshole drew your girlfriend naked because you asked her to put on a dress to go to dinner on the fucking Titanic. I got too worked up. It's gonna be all right. I'll be gone soon. So, uh, all right. All right. Take a breath. So, uh, my wife, I'm married, that's a reveal. Uh, <laughs> my wife, she recently got into a friend breakup. Ooh. All right. <laughs> that's, you know, that's a fun reaction. <laughs> Very comfortable with your emotions, sir. I like that. Friend breakup. Ooh. <laughs> But she recently got into a friend breakup and I immediately got on my like shitty misogynistic high horse and was like, you know what? <laughs> dudes, man, I've had the same best friends my entire life, man. Like dudes, we stay together. <laughs> Women don't do that. And then I took a step back. I was like, okay, there's no way men are better at friendship. <laughs> and then I thought about it and I was like, oh yeah. I know why I still have the same friends for my entire life. Uh, because... I don't know anything about these guys. <laughs> We're not friends. Okay, this is a text message conversation between me and my best friend of 20 years when his grandmother passed away. I said, sorry to hear about your grandma. To which he responded, thanks bro, what's your deal tonight? <laughs> Couple days later, I followed up. I said, how you hold it up? <laughs> to which there was no response. And then three days later, he texted Shawshank on TBS. <laughs> followed by, what's your deal tonight, bro? <laughs> Thanks, I'm Dan Black. A new take on Titanic. You haven't heard that before. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, let's keep this show rolling. This comic, friend of the show, one of my favorites. You guys, give a warm welcome to Anna Gilchrist. Thank you so much. 
Um, I feel like we should talk about Oprah. Is that fine? How do you guys feel about Oprah? Yeah, Oprah is my religion. Um, I, I love her. I think she's perfect. I love even more than Oprah uh, the notion from a lot of people, mainly conservatives, that Oprah running for president is ridiculous. I think that's very funny. I was uh, trying to have a conversation with my parents about this a couple weeks ago, and my dad was like, Anna, if Oprah runs for president, what has this country come to? (laughs) And I was like, Dad, you voted for an orange pitcher's mitt with mental illness. (laughs) What are you talking about? He was like, we need somebody who understands tax reform. And I was like, no, we don't. We just survived a year and a half with a man who doesn't understand the alphabet. We're good. (laughs) Like, from this point on, I'm exclusively voting for good vibes. I don't fucking care. (laughs) I just need some positive healing energy from the Oval Office. (laughs) Please. Like, Oprah has a flourishing vegetable garden in Montecito, and that is a hundred times more presidential than what's happening right now. I don't care. Thank you. Oprah's great. I love her. I love. I still think, on average, like once an hour about Oprah's Golden Globe speech. I think that it was very important. Did you guys catch that? Did we watch it? So great. So important. I loved knowing that that speech inspired women everywhere in so many different ways. Like I think that is very important and valuable. That speech personally gave me the courage to, like as she was up there like, a new day is on the horizon, to finally ask my boyfriend to eat my ass. My father and I, okay. Just revealed a little too much on accident. That's all right. It's okay. My father and I had a bad relationship. And it taught me uh, through countless years of therapy that I now have a hard time asking men for things that I want sexually. But after that speech, I was like, no more. Get in there, bitch. (laughs) Time's up. (laughs) He was like, hashtag me too. (laughs) I was like, shut your mouth. That's inappropriate. Uh, I, uh, I recently did uh, Ancestry DNA. If you guys done this? We know the deal, right? It's like you put your saliva in a tube, you send it to a lab, they tell you what you're made up of. Uh, I think if you are someone like me who is willing to spend $150 on this, uh, you should have your results sent to you in a box that explodes upon opening <laughs> and just has a piece of paper inside that says, White! <laughs> You're just white. There's no catch here. Everybody go home. I think they should give you your spit back, too. 
my my ancestry DNA results literally just explained in great detail the potato famine. <laughs> I was like, I already know the story. Pass. Thank you. <laughs> I did find out that I am a seven percent Italian, and I am clinging onto that with my life. Uh, went out, bought a bunch of spaghettios, two buck chuck, getting in touch with my roots. Thank you. I was out to lunch with my boyfriend a couple weeks ago, and uh, I, I bought Ancestry DNA for him, too. And I was like, what were your results again? And he was like, uh, I think I'm like 53% Irish, 30% German, 7% Italian. And I was like, are you just repeating my results back to me? He was like, oh, yeah, same difference. I'm like, that's the whitest shit ever. We're just this, it's like, we're just so white. No, just kidding. He is whiter than me. He got his results, and it was literally just like, you're from the Midwest. Um, (laughs) Pennsylvania at one point. Not kidding, it said that. He was like, did anyone ever speak a different language in my lineage? This is horrible. (laughs) It's very white. Um... I, uh, this is, this is fairly big for me. I, uh, pretty recently lost a total of about 30 pounds. Thank you. Thanks so much. The last show I had, I, I said that and nobody responded at all. And I literally gasped. I was like, this is all I have. Please cheer for me. Oh my God. (laughs) Holy shit. Um, yeah, I lost about 30 pounds. I basically just because I, I used to have sort of a bad and unhealthy relationship with food. Like I didn't really understand if I ate something that tasted good. I was like, let's keep this train rolling. No need to stop now. I just didn't really know. I was going over this joke two days ago and I was hit with this like very vivid memory I have from a couple years ago. I was living with my, uh, my cousin and we were in my apartment and I made this like fat bowl of oatmeal and it had like cream and peanut butter and chocolate chips and berries in it. And it was so good. And I ate the whole thing and I was like, Oh my God, I think I'm going to have another one. And my cousin looked at me and was like, aren't you full? And I was just like, yeah. (laughs) Like, I might throw up. What's the question? There's chocolate in this. Are you confused? I'm sorry. Yeah, I basically, uh, I've gotten better about uh, quantity control. And uh, this all goes out the window, though, for me when I get drunk. Everything, I, it just really shit hits the fan. Like, I go nuts. I don't know how to control my cravings. I went out a couple weeks ago with my friend who was a working fashion model. She's so skinny. Like, she turns to the side, and I'm like, I guess Emily went home. Where is she? She's just so fucking skinny. We went out. We got pretty drunk. She calls me the next day, and she's like, oh, my God. Last night, I got home, and I ate so much food. And I was like, bitch... Me too. <laughs> Let's talk about it. What'd you eat? And she's like, no, I don't want... It's, ugh, it's in, I feel gross. And I was like, no, come on. You tell me what you ate. I'll, I'll tell you what I ate. She was like, okay. Last night, I, I ate my Sunday meal prep. She was like, what about you? What'd you eat? I was like, nah, we don't need a... It's not important. She was like, no, come on. You told me you'd say. I was like, I, um... I dipped bread in ice cream. (laughs) 
I literally made an ice cream sandwich. (laughs) She was like, oh, I don't do lactose or gluten because I eat clean. (laughs) I was like, oh, I don't eat clean because I'm an American. (laughs) Guys, my name's Anna Gilchrist. Thank you so much. to listeners. Today's episode is sponsored by Freedom. Ooh, friends. Freedom is a brand new podcast featuring three of my, like, real friends. Scott Aukerman, Lauren Lapkus, Paul F. Tompkins. The three of them, you've heard them on all of their individual podcasts where they do a lot of characters. That's what they're known for. But Freedom is a new thing. They've abandoned their characters, their old podcast formats, and they're just chatting it out. In this limited series, Paul, Lauren, Scott, they'll try to figure out what the show should be called, share weird stories from their childhoods, make fun of each other a lot. It's just them chatting the actual people who I know you love. So make sure to check out Freedom coming out today, March 29th, on Stitcher Premium. If you're already a Stitcher Premium subscriber, go to stitcherpremium.com slash freedom and use the promo code PYHT for a free month of listening. And that's right, put your hands together, listeners. On Stitcher Premium, you can listen to a version of this show that is ad-free. So if you go to stitcherpremium.com slash freedom, use the promo code PYHT, you can try that out for a free month. I was just thinking backstage that there is an upside to all this like ancestry and DNA checking and stuff, is that a bunch of white people are just willingly giving their DNA over to whoever. Does literally anybody know who's running that shit? Not at all. Do y'all know who owns those companies? I do. It's Mormons. The Mormons own it. Y'all are spitting in some cups for some Mormons to write down your information. Everyone's terrified. Maybe we'll catch some white people crimes, finally. Scared, are you? Our time has come. We've been not being caught for about centuries now, so. Ooh, everyone's very scared. You should be. We all should be. And I just light something on fire. Okay, well, we'll keep the show rolling. (laughs) Just put the fear of God into white people. I do like pointing out white people, and I also try to say I am a white person when I say that. I don't think I'm not white. I have a mirror. I've also existed in this body for most of the time that I've been alive. Look, I put pillows and pants in bathrooms in my sleep. Was I existing in that body? I'm not sure. But sometimes when I say, like, white people, and I said an inclusive phrase on Twitter, I I wasn't going, like, white people are stupid or something like that. I just said, like, us white people. And somebody was like, oh, white? Thanks for the hate. Like, I literally just was mentioning white people. And somebody was like, you hate white people! And like, actually, yeah, I do. (laughs) But that's not your thing to say, fellow white person. (laughs) I got very confused all of a sudden. This is like Spider-Man and Spider-Man. 
I don't know if this is progressive anymore. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's a white uprising against white people! Very confusing! We're gonna tax each other to death. Okay. <sighs> okay, we're gonna keep the show rolling. <laughs> I feel like I should apologize for that, but also not. I don't know, it's a very confusing position to be in. Sorry, but not sorry. Now I will keep the show going. All right, this next comic helped me workshop a joke in the very green room of this very show. He's a very funny dude. Love it when he comes by. Give a warm welcome to Rojo Perez. Thank you, Ria. What is up? Complete silence. <laughs> so you make somebody feel at home. <laughs> Fuck Whitey, am I right? <laughs> no, okay. Uh, she did it, but a brown person does it. It's real weird. Um, all right, I got one more. Uh, where are my ass eaters at? <laughs> no, dope, two for two? Okay. Um, <laughs> So many people cheered. Uh, thank you guys for hanging out, coming out. I love this show. It's always so much fun. It's always a good time. I, I, I do. This is how much I love this show. Roseanne's on right now. I'm here. So close to canceling this shit for Roseanne. Oh, I'm excited. I'm glad uh, to be here. It's been about a year, year and change maybe. Past year has been nice. It's been a solid comedy year. I don't know why you're giggling already. Um, I could have a career. Um, doing okay. Doing all right. Making a little more. You know what I mean? A little scratch. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not crushing it. Uh, I'm not, but I'm doing well enough that if I wanted, I could finally afford to take a megabus anywhere. Like, it's really, things are picking up. Um... It was fun. Things are better. Uh, late last year, I was lucky enough uh, to be the first Puerto Rican comic to do Conan, which was a cool feeling. Um, thank you. Thank you. But the only reason I bring it up was, I don't know if you know, after the show airs, they put the clips online, and I made the mistake of reading YouTube comments. Because uh, we can't have nice things. <laughs> um, but all the comments were like, what'd you expect? They're like, this dude sucks, this dude sucks, this dude sucks. Why is he so tiny? This dude sucks. Like, that was everything in a row. Uh, my favorite comment came from a dude I grew up with. Uh, yeah, way down the thread. He wrote, hey, man, I saw the set. It was so cool seeing you on basic cable. Uh, you could have just said TV. Um, oh, you've been such a bully right now. <laughs> I'm glad to be here, though. I got in uh, Sunday... I call the, you ever catch a really good flight where like everybody's on the same page? Like people just, just wanna just go. Like it was dope, like everybody boarded quickly, like dudes were helping old ladies put the bags up. Like it was an early morning flight so they lowered the shade so the sun wouldn't come in. Like I witnessed a baby shush another baby, like it was really, huh? It's a cute baby joke. All right, let's get into some stuff. I, I mentioned I grew up in Puerto Rico, and uh, the, the last five months have been a little tricky. It's been a little 
a lot of the mixed emotions um, since the hurricane. And I guess I'll start by saying my my family and my friends are okay. Everybody's all right. It's not going to be one of those this American life stories. This ends up okay. Um, but it's it's been a lot of mixed emotion that started right before the hurricane hit because my parents had to relocate to Florida, and at the time my dad didn't he didn't want to go. Just like sixty nine year old man wanted to be home. And I had to call him, and we had to have a conversation. I had like it was a rough conversation. I'd be like, "Hey, Dad, like what's, like what's going on? We, we, we gotta go. Like it's it's a category five. That's all the categories. Okay, they didn't make any more because nobody stuck through five. Like what the fuck, dude? Let's go. Um, and it's um, but I'm thankful. Like I was raised in a household where we could have that conversation. Like, I'm thankful my parents raised me in a way that we were very open with each other and we could talk, and that was, like, a good feeling. Like, I was never raised in, like, a hitting, like, family. Like, I never got really... I only, I only got hit once. Uh, the only time I ever got hit was when I talked back to my grandma and I told her ginger ale wasn't real medicine. <laughs> that's, that's the only time. <laughs> I was 22. Um... Uh, but I did some stuff to help out. I did what I could. I donated some goods, some money. I did some benefit shows, but it's not, wasn't enough. Like, it never is. There's still people still struggling. And there's, like, I went back last month, and there's still a lot of people. Like, things are getting better, but there's still people, like, displaced from their homes. There's still parts with no electricity. There's a lot of, like, like there's a lot of, like, like stray dogs, like, like homeless pets. Yeah. I feel like if white America knew how many stray dogs were in Puerto Rico, like that shit would have been fixed three weeks after. Like it would have been up and running. There would have been press conferences. Like these are American dogs. We need to save these American dogs. No, the people, but the American dogs. Yeah, if you're not laughing, I guess. That's part of the problem. Um, we are Amer Okay, we don't need to do that now. Um, I'm just trying to open up. Is that crazy? I feel like that's what comedy is about. Being vulnerable, hoping the audience gets it, appreciate the reciprocative laughter. Uh, that being said, when I was 13, growing up in Puerto Rico, I almost drowned. It's a shitty thing to chuckle at. Um, <laughs> but that's a real thing. I almost drowned when I was 13, and that's the second scariest thing that's ever happened to me because two weeks ago, a stranger got in a revolving door with me. <laughs> uh, the fuck? <laughs> Miss, it's one of the circular ones. You know, it's of course, and it was a four, like the quarter one, and I walked in real confident like I'd used it before. And midway through, it jammed up. It locked. And I heard a voice that wasn't mine. <laughs> I heard the voice go, what's the holdup? Motherfucker, you're the whole dub. What are you? What are you doing in my wedge right now? It's a one-person wedge. We learned this shit in kindergarten. It's real basic. 
<laughs> and I lost it. I was just like, can I have anything to myself anymore? <laughs> and the poor guy got real nervous because he turned around and tried to push the doors the other way. But that's not how those doors work, is it? So I had to like focus, like get them back in the right direction. But to anybody who saw us, we just looked like a couple who needed a moment. <laughs> like we were arguing and this was the only quiet place we could find. You guys are so dope for supporting this show. Thank you so much. Have a good night. Bye. Also, I used to work in the Sears Tower when I lived in Chicago, and people used to do that shit all the fucking time. And I would be at work just trying to go outside for like five minutes, and then some tourists would get in behind me, and then we'd be like... <laughs> oh my God. And then you're like... <laughs> Wind-up toy human beings. And also, real quick, one time, talk about sharing tiny spaces, I was going through TSA to get on a plane. I stood in the magnetic weird machine that I think only scans your genitals. <laughs> and as I was standing there waiting for it to go off, another person got in and stood in front of me. He thought, that's totally acceptable. That's a two-person machine. This is all about efficiency. They definitely do this two at a time. I should go in there. There's another person in there. I should be in there too. And then they made me get out of it. I was there first. And then he got scanned and I went in and they're like, oh, sorry, random search. Son of a! Anyway, Rojo Perez, everybody. So the best thing about this show is that it's in an awesome space. And since it's in an awesome space, number one, there's awesome people like you watching the show. And then the other thing is that awesome people just come here and they watch the show too. And then those awesome people also happen to do comedy. And so then they're like, hey, can I do some awesome comedy on your awesome show? And we're like, yes, please do some awesome comedy on our awesome show. So right now we have a special drop-in guest and his name is Kyle Kinane. Are you ready for your final comic of the evening? Woo! Hell yeah, this comic is hilarious and also I believe one of the biggest Timberwolves fan on the, fans on the planet. Give it up for Joe Mandy!
This is Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season three has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, season three is a great jumping on point. And we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Fake nuts. <laughs> Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen <coughs> me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins yeah. has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Uh, yes, I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I mean, Jazos. <laughs> ruler of the eighth circle. And that's just the beginning. Season three of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.